Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, which we will consider this evening for our Monday Thursday meditation, is recorded in Psalm 118, reading there verses 25 and 26. O Lord, please save us now. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus' name, dear fellow redeemed, imagine that you've been shipwrecked and that you are now floating all alone with a life jacket in the middle of the ocean. You're exhausted, you're afraid of the sharks, you're starving, dehydrated, running out of stamina. Just when you're at the point of despair and are thinking that you want to just give up, you see a boat passing not so far away. In that moment, would you need to compose your thoughts and try to formulate an eloquent and grammatically correct sentence that you will now shout to those in the boat? No, of course not. Your message then will be very short, very sincere, and urgent. Help me. Save me. The opening words of our text this evening are just like that. In fact, in the Hebrew language, the message comes in just one word, and that word is Hosanna. In English, Hosanna means, O oh Lord, please save us now. That word Hosanna is familiar to us, I think, because each time we have Holy Communion, we sing it in that part of the liturgy that is called the Sanctus, as we will do that tonight, as we prepare to receive the sacrament. This, tonight, then, we say, Hosanna in the highest. And we'll make two points. First, that Hosanna is our fervent plea. And secondly, that Hosanna is our joyful and grateful blessing. Here again, what the psalm writer said, O Lord, please save us now. O Lord, grant us success. Hosanna is a fervent plea for God's salvation might be hard for us to really capture the deep emotion and the desperation found in this plea. The feeling conveyed is of one who's being pressed very hard, who's trapped in a corner, going down for the third time with no help or relief in sight. All we want then is to be somewhere safe, somewhere spacious, where we're free and out of all danger. On this Monday Thursday, we remember the night when our Lord gathered together with his disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover meal. Before the original night of the Passover in Egypt, the Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, made Israel's slavery more and more painful as he refused to listen to Moses and as he refused to be moved by God's plagues upon his nation. 
Instead of letting God's people go free, he kept tightening the grip on their lives. And after the Hebrews finally departed, the Pharaoh's chariots chased them and pinned them along the shore of the Red Sea, intent on slaughtering them. There on the shoreline, Moses and the people could only cry out, Hosanna, Lord, save us now. We're accustomed to hearing that word, Hosanna, we know on another occasion as we did on Sunday, Palm Sunday. That's what the people shouted as Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem that day. Why? Most of the people probably shouted that word Hosanna because they felt pinned down and crushed by the occupying Roman army. And they wanted nothing more than to be a free, autonomous people once again. But there was, in fact, another power that was smothering the whole nation. It was the power of sin and unbelief. That was the real and most terrible bondage which afflicted the people of Israel. And that's the very same evil which strangles and enslaves the whole world today. The consequences of it are eternal. What about us? Do you and I have any reason to shout out that same urgent plea to God for help? Do we feel in such danger because of our sins that we also can cry, Hosanna, Lord, save me. Maybe we don't see our own struggle with sin as being quite so serious as to warrant all of that. Maybe we don't always fully recognize the terrible threat that our offenses present to us. That lack of recognition is part of sin's terrible danger. It has a way of lulling us to sleep so that we're really not so afraid of it and we don't see the need to be delivered from it, at least not today. Sin has a way of hiding behind things which appear harmless, pleasurable, maybe even beneficial. We may think of someone who begins to experiment with certain types of drugs, unthinking of the danger posed by addiction or a possible overdose. We might think of the young father or mother whose career ambitions lead them to neglect the family and their marriage, maybe even to damage their own health. Or we might think of the outwardly pious, chaste, church member who is so confident now in his own good moral behavior that he does not feel any particular need for God's grace and forgiveness. And this is finally where sin takes us to a total separation from God and eternal death. So don't we have every reason to sing Hosanna with genuine alarm and urgency as we prepare now to receive Holy Communion. When we honestly think about our lives and our sins against God, then the words Hosanna, Lord save me, should be our fervent plea as well. We need God to save us and to help us, for without his help we would perish, we would be lost forever.
Imagine once again that you're flailing and exhausted as you struggle out in the deep ocean. When you see that boat nearby stop and then turn toward you, your shouting takes on a different tone. Your desperation gives way to the joy of knowing that this ordeal is just about over. Help is coming. Help is on the way. So it's the same with our song, Hosanna in the Highest. Our plea for help from the Lord becomes a joyful blessing, a sincere thank you to the Lord. Help has arrived, and now we celebrate. We praise God for the good and gracious things he does for us. We say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Actually, the blessings are all ours because Jesus Christ is the one who comes to us in the name of the Lord in response to our cry, Lord, help us. He came with all authority, all ability to provide us with the perfect help that we need, by which we're delivered from our sins, rescued from facing their eternal penalty. And he did that by his own life, lived for us each day and by his innocent suffering and death on Good Friday. Jesus is the only one who could come and accomplish God's mission for us. The forgiveness of our sins, rescue from death. Divine approval was stamped on everything that Jesus said, everything he did for us. That's shown by the fact that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like he said he was going to do. Jesus' death on the cross and his rising again, that's the certain answer to our plea, Lord, save us now. So the focal point of our service this evening, of course, is Holy Communion, which Jesus instituted on this night so long ago, just before his death on the morrow. Each one of us tonight lugged our own bags full of sin here into the church with us. They threaten to smother us, to pull us away from God. Our feelings of guilt over our sin pull us down below the surface and we can only cry, Hosanna, Lord save me. And then we direct our eyes to the altar and we see the linen being drawn from the chalice and the paten. And then we see Jesus Christ coming to us. We see him who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world coming to us right here in our church, right now. He comes to assure us that he has taken all of our sins away. The flesh and blood, Son of God and Savior comes to us together and in and with the bread and the wine, no less real, no less present than that day he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And when he arrives in the sacrament that he first established this night over 2,000 years ago, he impresses upon our hearts the comforting truth that each one of our sins has been totally, completely paid for and has been lifted from us that there's no offense now that stands between us and God. All are forgiven. 
believe that and live forever. Knowing this, how can we not then blend our voices joyfully in singing, Blessed is he, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. This is the certainty that's being offered to us now and here at the altar. When Jesus comes in with and under the bread and the wine, he's still the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He's still coming to us on his Father's mission of salvation with all authority. So if Jesus tells you that your sins are forgiven, they really are forgiven. If he tells you that God loves you, God loves you. If Jesus claims you as his own redeemed brother or sister, welcome to the family. Like the drowning person in the ocean calling out for help, our souls cry out for salvation, and our cries are answered. They're answered every time we gather for his holy supper. Know that in doing this, we're doing more than wishing that we might be forgiven. We're doing more than trying to remember someone who might have loved us a long time ago. Rather, in holy communion, our saving friend and Lord is right here. He comes to answer our fervent plea and to give us true joy. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, shall be forevermore. Amen.